Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. to be back with you folks and man this conversation this dialogue continues we've been doing things like redeemed insecurity unfaithfulness man we've been talking about a bunch of stuff here we are it's a wednesday wednesday's always kind of drive me crazy it kind of stuck somewhere i'm great i'm glad we had prayer meeting on wednesday nights it's a, the only thing that makes wednesday redeemable at all but uh <laughs> so stephanie uh i mean we we decided you you decided you picked the word of grace we're talking about, you know, coming through that unfaithfulness that causes insecurity. Then we went to the word redeem, redeemable, and uh, and now grace. For sin shall not have the dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. I mean, we're from a different place. He that giveth more, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So it kind of tells us where we're going. A very important verse to me, Ephesians 2.8, it's in memory, it's etched in there coming from religion coming from ritual coming from everything but realness and it says for the grace for by grace ye are saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of god i'm so thankful we're saved by grace so we talked about this Uh stephanie we got to this point where we talked about unfaithfulness which led to the other side of unfaithfulness is making us feel insecure making us feel worthless and then we came along and and we at the end of that i said well these people are redeemable right and we started talking about people can be redeemed and all that and what grace really looks like is where we're at now because people say have grace oh you've been raped you've been hurt just have grace shut up uh you know your life's upside down we hurt you we tried to ruin your life just have grace i mean where is where does grace start in idiocy Uh, meet it it doesn't ever meet idiocy does it i mean no no true grace is never okay with abuse and true grace is compassion yeah it it makes me think i keep thinking of the verse for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man yeah and that's what grace looks like it's not about being perfect and it's not about having life completely pulled together. And, um, when I think of the grace God has had on my life at the times I've been at rock bottom, it should compel us to have grace for others. That's what God's grace is intended to do is to give us his compassion and love for others who are going through suffering. Yeah. So, so here we are, Stephanie. Now this, you know, this is going to beg this comparison, this question, this place in life. And, And this always comes up these, these knuckleheads. We talked about if anybody should help people, it should be Christians. If anybody should look out for people, it should be Christians. If anybody should stick a hand out, it should be us. If anybody should go out of the way to help somebody who's been through the the terrible things in life, it should be us. If anybody should do any of that, but then we get to the point. So what are these people saying when they say you've been hurt, you've been physically abused, you've been, your life's been ruined. I mean, what comes to your mind? I know what comes to my mind and I'll say, 
say it when you're done here, but what comes to your mind? What are these people saying when they say, oh, just have grace and shut up? What are they telling you to do? In essence, they're saying, just die inside and don't bother me with any of your problems. Yeah. And so that's just such the opposite of what God has for us and what God yeah. has done in our lives. That's it's so yeah. it, it and and so we know these people, right? We we work with people who've been told, ah, you were raped by your brother. Ah, you know, you were done this. Just have grace and be quiet and learn how to forgive. Um I mean, there's some element of forgiveness. There's some element of people being redeemed, but there's mm-hmm. also a very large element of calling the police, getting people yep. arrested, serving your time, staying yep. away from people so they don't hurt you, so you're not triggered. I mean, a yep. prudent man, right? A prudent man's looking yep. ahead and doesn't want to make sure that none of these things happen again. So yep. in your mind, if you have to reconcile all this, I mean, and somehow in a sentence or two or a three or 10, If you have to reconcile, when does people say having grace mean really have grace? And when does people say have grace mean they're a total idiot? True grace is never okay with sin. Yeah. And so if that term is being thrown at you in relation to shut up and be quiet and just live with this, that is not grace. That is the spirit of lukewarmness where God said, I, I, you know, (laughs) he talked to the church at Laodicea and said, I work, you know, I wish you were cold or hot because you're lukewarm. I want to spew you out of your, out of my mouth. I'm going to spit you out because you got nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's God's grace is hot. Yeah. It's hot for compassion. It's hot for justice. You know, there is grace and justice. Yeah. God is not willing that any should perish. But God does have to have hell for yeah. the justice because sin demands justice, and that, that should make us fear and tremble. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But grace is not okay with sin, and we have we have perverted grace as a license to sin without even realizing it, where people that would call themselves, you know, we believe right, we live right, we do all these things right, but then, well— you just need to have grace for that. No, that's called being okay with sin. And I'm not seeing, saying we hate, and I am not saying that we become bitter because bitterness leads to the exact opposite of grace. It leads to anger and vengeful, a vengeful, I'm going to get even thing. And that's not what we're talking about, but grace is never okay with sin. No, it never, and, and so I get, I guess folks, what I want to do here is, is take what Stephanie just said, which is great and try to put this in some type of schematic so our minds can process this. If people are trying to cover up things, it's not God's grace. If people are trying to make you shut up and get over something that hurts you really badly and you're still praying your way through it and things like that, that's not God's grace. We serve a God uh, that cares about you, that's compassionate and loving. And, and so I think it was good that Stephanie used this word grace today because I think she's absolutely right. 
God's grace doesn't look like rape. God's grace doesn't look like physical abuse. God's grace doesn't look like gaslighting. God's grace doesn't look like lying behind people's backs. God's grace doesn't look like sabotaging friendships and relationships. God's grace doesn't look like hurting somebody who's just trying to get by. God's grace is that hand that pulls you up. God's grace is that, uh, that saving wonderful grace that can save anybody for sin doesn't have dominion over us. Uh, we're under grace, man. That's God's grace. Uh, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud. You know, I think we're on the other side of that verse. I think the proud people are the ones that tell you to shut up. And so I, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on this. We could go all day on this, Stephanie, but the reality is uh, pe- there's people out there listening to us that just said, head grace, be quiet. And I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, if somebody's broken the law against you, uh, have grace when you talk to the police and tell them exactly what happened and tell them the truth. And if people yep. are trying to hurt you and make you avoid things and do things, uh, those aren't people who identify with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, no matter what they say, because we yeah. serve a God who's orderly. We say, you know, that's why we go to the churches we do. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we're, we're radical, man. We're doing things that are crazy. It makes no sense to go out and help people with God's word who have PTSD. It makes no sense to want to build a retreat. It makes no sense for me to spend hours on the phone every day begging for people for money and setting up camps and retreats and stuff. That makes no sense. You know why? Because we serve a God that has grace and that we identify with grace and things that can happen so that's where we're going we're moving forward and if people aren't going to be there we go without them so Stephanie we've been in this 21st proverb 25th proverb Mm -hmm. I'm all right my words you know sometimes my lips they they don't say the right words because my brain isn't thinking the right word I I don't want to I, I want to have grace on my lips, but I can't. It's my brain, you know. I got to have yeah. grace on my brain. But it says, as cold waters here in verse number 25 of the 25th, 2525 in Proverbs, it says, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Boy, isn't that great when you get that good news as cold yeah. water is coming in? Um, man, to have a nice cold water back before refrigeration, back before. Oil ice and then receiving that good news it brings you know receiving good news to me about god's work from missionaries about the gospel being spread around i I mean when a missionary letter comes in and you read that all these great things are happening i don't know about you but i just explode it it is like a glass of cold water i mean i just explode with happiness and wonder and, and how wonderful it is to have that good news i mean isn't that what you're thinking here yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's that idea of, um, <laughs> we all need, you know, the positive side of life sometimes. And that's what this is talking about. It's that idea of, Lord, I'm just craving some good news. I really am. And God gives it to you. I think that's what this is talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you're right there. And then number 26, a righteous man falleth down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain in a corrupt spring. So, uh, so if you look at this verse immediately, it comes to mind. Sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we falter. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes, you know, there's going to be a blemish here and there. And, uh, uh, so when we do that, we know that we do it right and we say man we just right. messed up the holy spirit says here stop that right mhm yeah yeah and he's he's that still small voice that's the beauty of god he doesn't whack us over the head even if we deserve it 
um, I shouldn't say that, a fool, he does reach the point of whacking a fool over the head. It needs to be whacked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but God is not a God of hate, and he does have patience. Yeah. And um, that's... <laughs> My friend had a daughter when I was, I mean, years ago when I was in the Army, Stephanie, probably in the late 80s. My friend had a daughter that was about four or five years old, and we nicknamed her Whacker. She used to hit everybody with stuff. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have said that. It probably doesn't make much sense with that verse there. But uh, you talked about God doesn't whack us. We do fall down. We do mess up. And we do go to commercials. We'll be right back with you. Listen to everything that uh, they have for you here. We'll be right back. And I think that was during my phase, Stephanie, of uh, when I was giving everybody Indian names and I called her wax a lot or something like that. Oh, my word. She used to whack everybody. Well, I ran into her and she got married, has kids now, and she didn't try to whack me. So it was all right. I ran into her. Wow. To, to, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. People I know. Yeah. People are messed up. But then we get to verse 27. It says, it is not good to eat much honey. So for men to search their own glory is not glory. Did you, do you mm. see what that verse says there? It's not good to eat too much honey, you know? So you get there, it's not good to eat much honey. And then for men to search their own glory, boy, don't we know people like that? Uh, they want to seek their own glory yeah. and, uh, shooting their own horn. We say, yeah, always, you know, I see that. I hate to say this, but I don't you see it on Facebook, Stephanie altars filled, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you follow some of these people, you'd think their churches were 2,731 people strong sometimes, you know, <laughs> oh man, the altars were so full. Another 67 baptized and saved. Then you go preach for them and there's 60 people in church. Uh, but I, you know, it's more than that. It's more than uh, just exaggeration when someone's, you know, with their own glory, searching for their own glory. Mm -hmm. So what is glory? You know, I mean. Well, I, in this, in this verse, um, our own glory is worthless. Yeah. And there's a sense in which it almost makes me tremble when somebody starts going on and on and on to me about how wonderful I am, because that's not what my life is to be about. My life is to be about Jesus Christ. And when, when my life is about anything else, I'm not pleasing him and I'm not glorifying him. And that's why I'm here. I'm not here for my own glory. I'm here for him. And so it's very, um, our own glory is as filthy rags. It, it kind of goes right along with our righteousness and has the same lack of value. And, you know, we covered this word a few weeks ago. And, and it, if I remember right, we came up with this idea that glory, when we think of God, is for his distinction and beauty. It's it's beyond. So in this context, Stephanie's absolutely right. It's trying to steal what's rightfully God's. I think that's what's happening here in this verse. I think what it's talking about, God deserves the glory for things he's done in our hearts, minds, and uh, marriages and ministries and things of that nature. To God be the glory. So, so Stephanie, it reminds me of that old song, uh, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the yes. world that he gave us his son. And, and what's, what's the words who, after that? Who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the life gates that all may go in. Praise you the, the Lord. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. And give him the glory. And that's where we are. Look at verse number 28. So, folks, when we talk about glory, we talked about that distinction in beauty that belongs to God. That's what that verse was talking about in my mind. we got to be so careful that whatever God allows us to do, that we always give him the honor and glory. So it's a distinctively beautiful things that he can do. We can't do them. Who had no rule over his own spirit. So here we go in this verse. Uh, it's saying, you know, like whoever he that had no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So, you know, if you don't have rule, you have no self-control, uh, you have no rule over your own spirit. Well, we've all known people like this, right? We know people like this. Mm -hmm. they, they just shoot from the hip there. Uh, you know, they, they, it's just hurtful. And, yeah. uh, you know, so you're just like going into a city and you're like, I'm not staying over there, man. The buildings are all broken down and there's yeah. a, you want me to stay in a motel eight? No way. Uh, but I mean, thinking of this, what are you thinking here, Stephanie? You have no rule. People have no rule over their spirit. They can't control themselves. It's, uh, this is the picture of self-destruction. Yeah. Um, it's the same idea as, as the verse in Proverbs that talks about a wise woman building her house, but a foolish plucking it down with her hands. You destroy yourself with an angry spirit. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to understand that we need to have rule over our own spirit, that God doesn't yeah. save us to, to be out there and with no rule over our spirit, just come and go. And, and that's a big thing, Stephanie. I think, I think we got to understand that those of us who've been hurt, those of us who suffer from PTSD, it's easy to stay in the valley, right? Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, Satan makes the valley look like it's a safe place when it's not. And, and sometimes we got to remember that the God of the God of the mountain is still God in the, uh, in the valley and the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. But we, mm -hmm. we don't we don't live. And I know I'm quoting a gospel song there, but we don't live. Uh, we don't live in that place anymore. We're, you know, Rahab didn't live as a hooker anymore. Nope. Those men came in their house. She's like, they're different. Hey, what do you guys know that I don't know? Yes, exactly. I want to be more like you. And I think, I, how do we do that, Stephanie? So how do we listen to this thing today? How do we come out of this terrible place that, that misogynists and narcissists and hate-filled people and hurtful people and know-it-alls and have put us in? How do, we, how do we come out of that and realize that we're of great value, that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit of God, that that we represent, I mean, how do we get from that point A uh, uh, to just be in the normal life, identifying with Jesus Christ? How does that happen? How do we get there? Through, first of all, accepting him as our savior and coming to that point of realization that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot redeem ourselves. There is not enough grace on earth to save one person. There's not enough human grace on earth to save one person. And that's why Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And no man can come to the Father yeah. but through him. And that's that's the key starting point to the journey of healing. It's the key point to the journey of victory over 
trauma or overcoming abuse in your life is Jesus Christ. It's all centered around him. Now, yes, he uses human instruments and he uses doctors and he uses other people who care and who show his love, but he's the key. He's the root to the, to the answers. Yeah. Yeah. And so Rahab, right. Uh, what happened in Rahab's life, uh, she just got saved and bought into it. Realize that yep. her identity was no longer the identity of a prostitute. That's so, right. And our identity is no longer of somebody who messed us over. Our identity is no longer the person who made you feel of no value. Our identity is no longer the person who's been hurt. Our identity is no longer the person who witnessed terrible things in life. Our identity is no longer the person in combat who had his buddy die. We don't live there anymore. We're not living at that area code anymore. And like Stephanie says, it starts with acceptance of a wonderful savior. And we got to get to that place where we realize that we're a new creation in God, that we're a new creature, right? We're, we're new. The Bible yeah. says we're new. And, uh, yes. and so, uh, I mean, how are you new after abuse, Stephanie? How do you, I mean, how do you become new again? I mean, you're, you're saved, you've been abused. You feel like a worthless piece of junk. Uh, so what do you say to somebody who's in that mode? I'm saved. I've been abused now. And I'm, I don't know where to go from here. Well, someone special to me brought out the passage of John 15 in relation to this subject. And I had never in my life looked at John 15 this way. But John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And that the passage goes on to talk about how he purges us and he does it so that we'll bring more forth more fruit. And then it says, now ye are clean through the word, which I've spoken unto you abide in me and I in you. Yeah. And that's the key to being clean. That's the key to new identity is realizing that a branch in our lives, that branch of trauma, does it affect the rest of the tree when a branch is traumatized? Yes. It affects the whole tree. But unless you take that branch off, you separate that trauma in a sense, it's always going to be there as this jagged, messed up part of the tree that might hurt the tree at some point. It might contribute to rot. It might contribute to decay. So you have to cut that off. You have to clean that up so that the tree can bring forth fruit, so that it can be clean, so it can start to heal and be made whole. And there's a real sense in which God has so clearly become so precious to me in the sense of realizing he is purging another dead branch off of my vine, off of my branch that's attached to his vine. I'm attached to the main vine and he's doing this work in me as part of that vine and cutting off, purging off the parts of my branch that are so messed up. I can't serve like I'm supposed to. I can't bear fruit like I'm supposed to unless that's purged out of me so that I can be clean through his word so that I can truly abide in him and he abide in me. The answer, yes, again, healing has to take place. Rest has to take place. De-stressing, please don't ever think that I'm trying to compartmentalize stuff because I'm not. I've tried that way too long. But understanding that when the rubber meets the road, whether for whatever it is, Jesus has to be at that base. He has to be the vine to which you're attached or you will never fully heal. 
Hey, man. Hey, I hate to do this, folks, but we're right up against that wall. But I'm so glad we talked about that. Listen to what Stephanie has to say there. And uh, boy, it's so true. It's so true. Uh, we're just a branch in this whole thing. And we, we got life running through us. And uh, sometimes, you know, life just keeps going. We sure do love you folks. And uh, listen, if there's anything we can do for you, make sure you go out to our Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits. You want to know about the ministry? Talk to me, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Listen, we want you folks to come over to the camp with us in Bemidji, Minnesota. It starts at like right in the beginning of October, that first Monday in October goes mm-hmm. the week. Stephanie will be there. Debbie and I will be there. Other people will be there. People, instructors, trainers, it's going to be there. Best retreat we've ever been to as far as aesthetics go right on the lake. We sure do love you folks. Have a great day. May God bless you. Hey, wear that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.